You're listening to Life, the Universe, and Everything Else. Today on the show, Soupcast! Life, the Universe, and Everything Else explores the intersection of science and society. If you have questions or comments about the show, or you'd like to suggest a topic, you can find us on Twitter or Facebook, or send us an email at lueepodcast at winnipegskeptics.com. Show notes and references can be found at lueepodcast.com. My name is Ashlyn Noble, and I'll be your host today. With me, I have Laura Creek... Oh. With me today, I have Lauren... Nope. (laughs) (laughs) You have people with you tonight. I have hosts. I have co-hosts, a spouse, some friends. It's all good. Uh, With me today, I have Lauren Bailey. Hi. Jem Newman. Hello. And Laura Creek Newman. Hi there. I can already tell I'm going to enjoy editing this. (laughs) Isn't Lauren editing this? I'm editing this. Yeah. You are? You're free, You had a whole thing about this. That was the deal. Uh, Okay. Works for me. (laughs) So we had so much fun last year with our sandwich cast that we had decided to follow it up with Soupcast about a year later. This was going to be our backup plan for getting out of last month's uh, episode, but we all managed to throw things together. Uh, Very proud of us. Uh, So we have a few soup-related topics to cover, and then we're going to get into Are These Things Soup? Which I'm sure we're all looking forward to very much. Um, I had a lot of help compiling my list of Are These Things Soup? So I would like to give a shout out to the folks from Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Crime, my favorite cooking group on Facebook. (laughs) I asked them what are some things that might be considered soup, and they, they delivered in some very strange ways. (laughs) (laughs) i can't wait Uh, and also debated me on some things that i think are clearly soup so i'm looking forward to hearing your opinions (laughs) i look forward to ruling authoritatively on these matters (laughs) has everybody come up with their definition of soup that we will be starting with so if not maybe let that no, you have to okay. say it at the beginning of the list of soups, though, like we did with the sandwiches. And then at the end, we'll see if you stuck to your definition of soup. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so I think I'll start us off. I'm covering a topic today that I had never heard of before uh, this week, I guess, when <laughs> Jem suggested it as a topic for me. And I'm going to talk about uh, superism. Ooh. I think so, that was actually Laura who suggested it originally, wasn't it? It was, was it me. Really? Oh my god! I'm so sorry. No, that's, <laughs> that's okay. okay. Uh, I I actually took the lead and listed a bunch of topics for yeah. people this time. Yeah, you asked what it was, and I I described it, but uh, it was Laura's oh, okay. idea. Yeah, and and Laura, you took the idea that I had initially suggested when I was trying to get us to do Soupcast last month. Uh, I thought bone broth would be an interesting one to cover, so I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on that. Okay. Especially as uh, three quarters of us are vegetarian. (laughs) Yes. So the Great Hunger, or the Irish Potato Famine, as it is known outside of Ireland, was one of the worst humanitarian disasters of the 19th century. I assume that all of us are familiar with like the basics of that event. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Essentially, there was a 
blight of the potato crop in Ireland, and it was fairly specific to the um, particular type of potato that they were growing called Irish lumpers. And because of a whole bunch of very terrible circumstances and deliberate acts by particularly the British who ruled them at the time, the people who farmed Ireland and the most of the actual Irish people uh, were extremely dependent on this one monoculture crop. And when it failed, beginning in 1845, about half of the crop failed. And in subsequent years, uh, it was something like 75 to 90 percent of all of the potatoes that were planted were completely inedible because of this blight. It did spread outside of Ireland as well, but because it wasn't such an intense monoculture, it wasn't as uh, impactful. But there were still about 100,000 people outside of Ireland who died because of famines directly related to the blight. But inside Ireland, approximately a million people died and a further million people emigrated from Ireland. So this mm-hmm. resulted in the population of Ireland dropping up to 25% by some estimates. And some individual cities or towns lost like three quarters of their population because people left. There was no way to stay and survive. So yeah, Ireland was ruled by the British, as I said, uh, and their ideas about poverty were very bad. (laughs) You don't say. (laughs) Essentially, they felt that people who were poor should try harder. Uh, They should have fewer children. And they should just not be poor anymore. Oh, it's a good thing we've come so far. Yeah, right? I was say, wait, wait, <laughs> whose definition of this is, is this exactly? Some people have learned some things since then, but uh, the ruling class, less so. Mm-hmm. Of course, if they wanted to not be poor anymore, they could just work and not be poor. But they were clearly too lazy because they were poor. It was a very circular argument. Yes. And, of course, the Irish were primarily Catholic at this time, and... There was a lot of prejudice against Catholic people, and specifically because they tended to have larger families. And so if you wanted to not be poor, you should just have fewer children. Malthusian beliefs were very strong at this time. And I mean, there were some people, of course, who understood that having children was not the the reason for poverty. The uh, Lauren really wanted me to talk about the pamphlet essay, uh, A Modest Proposal. Ah, Swift, yeah. Where, of course, it was is, is a satire, one of the best known examples in history, and he starts out with like this long thing about how poverty is bad, and we should help people, and uh, lift people out of poverty, but then, of course, his solution is the poor people should sell their extra children to rich people for them to eat. And Everybody will be happy. If you have too many children, you could sell one and uh, use the money to raise up the others. Good times. Yay. Uh, <laughs> did you have anything you wanted to add to my description of that work? No, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> so the British were basically inclined to just let the Irish people starve. And they even, something that we know now from lots of different sources and records, Uh, the British increased the export of food out of Ireland to the rest of the British Empire during this period. Just the worst possible thing. Of course. All the worst possible things. Yeah, Britain has a has a, a history of doing that. I mean, they did that in um, India uh, during mm-hmm. the uh, uh, Second World War, caused massive famine. Yep. Yeah. 
Nothing new under the sun. <laughs> nope. And yet the sun never sets on the British Empire. Now it's all just Brexit and turfs. This was a period of time where uh, it was increasingly common that private charities would do a lot of the work that the government should be doing in like making sure people don't starve and die. So there were tons and tons of charities. Uh, there are multiple like treatises about how if all of these charities could just get along and get organized, then we could really do some good. <laughs> but they did not. <laughs> and Sounds familiar. A, yeah. A large part of the problem with all of these overlapping charities that were all trying to do the same work is that uh, a bunch of them were Protestant charities and a bunch of them were Catholic charities, and they absolutely would not work together. Of course. Uh, or acknowledge the other's existence in any way. <laughs> <laughs> so superism is essentially when the uh, a protestant church or organization would set up a soup kitchen to feed the irish but they would require you to either know scripture and be able to recite it to them or to attend their religious study classes you had to at least pretend that you were going to give up your faith in order to get food this of course was very stigmatizing and problematic. Soup kitchens were set up in almost every part of Ireland. They were um, divided into like these work zones. <laughs> and uh, theoretically, each zone should have gotten a soup kitchen. But the food that was provided at these soup kitchens was supposed to be nutritionally and energy dense. But as they got fewer and fewer supplies, everything got less and less nutritious and people would have to stand in line for hours and hours just to get food that was not meeting their nutritional needs and scurvy went up uh, dramatically during this time too because the the soup that was provided at these soup kitchens had no vegetables in it <laughs> so super cool uh, so, so wait, why they were going down in supplies because there was just no food because it was being shipped out is that yeah. why? Okay. Yeah, and uh, the money that was provided to give these soup kitchen supplies, the supplies were being inflated in cost so much because everybody was trying to get them at the same time and there was hardly any to get. So uh, if there was a vegetable available to purchase, the price would just be too astronomical right. for a soup kitchen to afford. So you're going to stand in line for four hours to get a few slices of very bad bread and some watered down turnip soup or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, turnip not, is a vegetable. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I actually, but not one high in vitamin C. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I read that like there were no vegetables or anything available much, but I actually didn't read about what actually did go into the soup. So who knows? Might be like barley or something. Yeah. But if it was cabbage and if there was enough cabbage, you'd get some vitamin C out of that. Mm -hmm. So... Right. I didn't look that up. I'm sorry. I don't know what was in this terrible, not Ashlyn. nutritious soup. <laughs> oh, failed. Go on. So the charities stepped in and individual churches would have uh, subscribers that would pay them a certain amount of money each month to keep going. I particularly uh, looked into someone called Edward Nangle. He was a minister and he founded a colony on Akil Island in County Mayo. 
1834. And he created this big colony that had like a church and huge gardens and a printing press. He printed all kinds of things, lots of religious stuff, but also like an Irish dictionary at one point. Um, nice. And he started a school. People could be taught uh, reading, writing, agricultural skills, and Christianity. But of course, the right kind of Christianity. Of course. <laughs> and so... Um, when the famine hit, he opened up a soup kitchen where anybody could come to eat as long as they went to church, his church, and learned what he wanted them to learn. Of course, this was not popular among the Catholic residents of Akil Island. He also did not follow the dietary requirements of Catholic people. So he would serve soup with meat in it on Fridays, the best example. And so people could either choose to disobey the tenets of their faith, no meat on Fridays, or they could starve. Those are the options, not good options. If people did choose to go to these soup kitchens, they would often be ostracized by the people that they lived with. Because if you were going to deconvert just for food what did you think about the the afterlife there are several articles that i read that suggest that superism is something that was so reviled by the community and by um, your average uh, irish person that it has entered the common knowledge as something that was far more widespread than it actually was there is not a ton of evidence for this being like a widespread phenomenon, but it, hmm. it gained notoriety so fast and kept it because it was such a shitty thing to do that it is now like one of the big themes when people talk about the, the great hunger is the, the horrible things that the Protestants did to the Catholics during this time. But it seems like it was probably restricted to a few places, particularly Kerry, which is one of the, the counties in Ireland. And the telling has, has widened the scope of it, right. if that makes sense. Which does not negate the fact that it was a terrible, horrible thing that really did happen. Even uh, Edward Nangle, after uh, a few years of requiring children to go to church and families to go to his Protestant church if before feeding him, um, he dropped that requirement and just would feed everybody. Hmm. So, and I, and I would say that he is the most notorious person to have perpetrated this. The Quakers, on the other hand, are not revered, but they are very well respected in Ireland because it is known that they were one of the groups that came and brought food with no proselytizing and did what they could to make the situation better for no gain on their part. So that was right. kind of the, the opposite of these uh, black Protestants. <laughs> right. <laughs> you still see the effect of a superism today. There are a lot of soup kitchens that require you to stay for a religious service, not yep. to convert, but to stay for a service if, if you want to stay the night or have a meal. So it's not a practice that is completely in the past. Mm -hmm. nope. How common is that? I feel like it's a lot more common in the U.S. today than it ever was in Ireland. Yeah. Th that, that seems totally plausible. I just did some quick Googling and Winnipeg Soup Kitchens, it's not something that they mention on their websites. Hmm. 
<laughs> Shocking. But, yeah. But yeah. I'm not going to name drop any in this city because they may have changed in the 10 years since I was last looking into it. But there were at least a couple in the city that required you to attend at least a service or some sort of religious fellowship before getting fed. I've heard rumors of the same, but nothing that I can substantiate. Mm-hmm. It's my understanding that it's quite widespread in the U.S., though. Yep. I believe it. It's just really frustrating. As someone who works with food and who is becoming increasingly frustrated with the limits on what I can actually do to help people, it's like, just feed people. Jeez, like, can we just give people nourishment, please? Yeah. What's our refrain? Just give people money. <laughs> it will not fix all problems, of course. There will still be food deserts and inequalities, but... It'll help. Sure, it'll sure help. <laughs> it'll help a lot. And if the people in an area that is currently a food desert have more disposable income to spend on food, the shopping centers will move in. Yeah, true. exactly. They will retain some of their grocery stores and things like that. This is how we get capitalism to work for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Subvert it and turn it into communism. <laughs> hey, whatever works. They want to get their profits here. So um, that was a bad thing that the Protestants did. Yeah. One of many. Yeah. And that's really interesting that it was actually not that widespread, but it just has this this cultural reckoning with it. It sounds like it's the straw that broke the camel's back, right? It's just one more thing that the bad English did to the Irish. And this one was just reprehensible, especially because it involved actually starving children and like just blatant disregard for people. It's like the easiest thing that you could have done was do like a fish soup or a vegetable soup, but you didn't. You just, yeah. you chose not to. Gotta be a dick about it. Yeah, exactly, right? So frustrating. Uh, and like hashtag not all Protestants. Obviously there were <laughs> some that provided food at no cost or with, without any obligations, but the the ones that were evil and horrible have screwed it up for everybody. Yeah, it's pretty much true for every group of humans. <laughs> yeah. The the reason that the phrase is one rotten apple is because if you have a rotten apple in the barrel, it wrecks everything. They all go moldy. It spoils the bunch. It sure does. <laughs> All right, possibly a more uplifting topic. Laura's going to tell us about very trendy bone broth. First, I want to know what you all know about bone broth or what you've heard about bone broth. So I think that bone broth is a bunch of bones from whatever combination of animals that is like simmered slowly in water for a long time to get all of the nutrients out of it. And then nothing else is added because they hate themselves. <laughs> it's boring stock. <laughs> I'd never really heard about it, but I, I assumed it would just be, you know, kind of what Ashlyn said. Like, it's the way you, you make a, a meat broth is you, you take a bunch of discarded animal bits that it's hard to get all of the, the meat off of, and especially bits that have a lot of, you know, connective tissue and like that. And then you you boil them and you boil them and you boil them and then you strain them. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you've got your broth. So I was not aware that there was some new thing called bone broth. I don't know. Maybe maybe you're getting some some of the uh, some of the marrow out, some maybe a little bit of uh, trabecular goodness. I don't think it's new. It's just very trendy. <laughs> yeah. And people think that it's going to heal them because of all of the collagen and whatnot that's in it. Yeah. Seems implausible. <laughs> but also like... Uh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That, that's pretty much it. It is It is new. It is trendy. It is the new wonder drink. I guess drink. it's not... Oh, yeah. Like people drink yeah. it. You can like, get sippy cups too. of it at Crampton's Market. Yeah. It's... <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah, so so that's another thing that makes it like mm, cow tea. Yeah, like <laughs> it, it's something that you sip on instead of a latte or something, and it's going to rejuvenate you and heal your gut. The other kind of cow tea. <laughs> Pump, <laughs> pumpkin spice bone broth. Oh, 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 oh my god! So it's cursed. What a cursed idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm positive that will be available within two years. <laughs> Oh. It's, it's it's like when another podcast I listened to somehow conjured the uh, the subway bowls protein bowls into existence. <laughs> Just a bunch of wet cold cuts. Mmm. Bone broth is very trendy right now, but like you all have kind of described, it really isn't a new thing. It's been around for a very long time in one form or another. It's just all of a sudden magical and uh, the most nutritious thing you can think of, apparently. So let's talk a little bit about broth and stock, first of all, because I think this is important. And I think that a lot of people who are consuming bone broth are not making their own bone broth. So while that doesn't mean that you necessarily don't know how it's made, I think there's a lot of people that really don't know. But I think a lot of people think that stock always comes from cubes. So I think it's good to talk about it a little bit. Or Tetra Packs. Or Tetra Packs, sure. <laughs> in a lot of cases, especially in the case of Tetra Packs of things, broth and stock are often used interchangeably. But there are culinary differences for this. And it comes down to a couple of things. It comes down to what is in it and then how long it is cooked. So a broth is a liquid that is seasoned, which basically means it has salt added to it, that has usually meat, but not always, but vegetables, herbs, spices, and that's simmered together for some number of hours, usually less than six. A stock doesn't always have the vegetables in it, but does always have some meat, but definitely bones, and usually, like Jem said, cartilaginous bones in it. And it's um, often those bones are roasted or the meat and bones are roasted before they go in. And then it's simmered for, again, another number of hours, but generally longer than broth. So I wanted to give a shout out to McCormick's during this segment, but apparently they don't make stock. <laughs> they do not. So all of your vegetable-based uh, soup bases are necessarily broth and not stock. Just so you know. <laughs> the brand of stock cubes that we are fond of, McCormick's, actually has chicken stock, beef stock, and vegetable stock, but all of them are actually vegetarian. Yeah. Shout out to McCormick's, our favorite stock that apparently isn't stock. That's also no, true of a lot of ramen brands. All of their flavors, including like the beef and chicken, are actually vegan. <laughs> Not all, <laughs> but like Not especially all. the yeah. cheaper ones. Oh, Yeah. So how does bone broth fall into all of this? Well, bone broth is actually really a stock. 
So it, it follows the same premise as the stock, although it may or may not have, again, other vegetables in it. It often, like Lauren said, doesn't have salt, but sometimes it will. And it is cooked for many hours often longer than your standard stock. So your standard stock that, you know, you or maybe your parent or your grandparent uh, has been making forever could in fact be a bone broth, depending on how long you cook it for. So there isn't a standard when it comes to bone broth. Um, it, it seems like it's often somewhere in the eight plus hour range of cooking. Some will be cooked for 24 hours, some will be cooked for 16, something like that. So it's a really, really long cooking process. As you all said, one of the points of the stock cooking, the long cooking process, whether you're doing a traditional stock or a bone broth, is to cook it long enough so that the collagen, which is a type of protein that is found in soft tissues, connective tissues, and also in bone itself, will start to break down and release into the stock and become gelatin. And does it actually need to go that long to do that? Or, Well, your standard stock will do that. So a, a stock that's cooked for six hours, you will get some of that right. happening there. The longer you cook it, the more protein will come out of it. So one of the links in our show notes is actually a really interesting narrative that an individual took upon himself to make a bunch of different types of bone broth and have it tested at a laboratory to find out the chemical makeup. Oh, um, that so is he the did best. test. Oh, it's really, really <laughs> interesting. Um, and I just, I love the storytelling style that he has. So the longer you cook it, the more protein will come out of it. And how do you know if you've got the protein out? Well, you let it cool. If it turns to a jelly-like consistency, so it thickens up, the collagen has come out, it's turned to gelatin. So your standard stock will often do that too. And that's again, another difference with a broth. If you've only cooked it for a couple hours and especially if you're using more meat and less like bone part of it, some of the protein will come out, but not, not a lot of that collagen. So nutritionally, again, like a lot of these things, it's kind of a panacea. Protein is a big thing that a lot of people will, will take the bone broth for. And it can have a lot of protein. Like I said, the longer you cook it, the more it comes out. So again, going back to this independent analysis, he ended up cooking, I believe they were bison bones for 24 hours, and he ended up with 118 grams of protein per liter, wow, which is a lot of liter. protein. That is per liter. Dang. Yeah. When he when he only cooked it for 12 hours, it was about half that much. So it was really interesting how it just kept coming out. So if you have the time to start uh, to cook something for 24 hours, you could actually end up with a protein rich beverage. And for some people, that could really be a benefit for your average person who can afford a nine dollar cup of bone broth. You don't <laughs> need more protein. You can afford it another way. Right. <laughs> yeah. You can have a sandwich. You could have a sandwich. You could have any number of things if you can afford a $9 cup of bone broth. But that I'm I'm actually surprised and interested that like the the thing where they promote like cooked for 24 hours like actually makes a difference rather than just like congratulations you concentrated it. Yeah. And I mean, depending it, the concentration could be part of it as well, but we do see more protein coming out. And that makes sense with it. Now, I want to point out a couple of things because, yes, protein is great. Yeah, I'm on team protein for sure. Let's talk a little bit about collagen, though, because that is, again, another panacea, right? Mm -hmm. Jem, do we have a lot of collagen in our body? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're the med student. <laughs> I mean, I also know this answer, but I'm trying to give you another moment to shine. So. Oh, I don't. I don't need to. Uh, I know. <laughs> I don't need another moment to shine. I'm aware. So. <laughs> We do have quite a lot of collagen in our bodies. So again, not just the connective tissues, but like I said, our bones have quite a lot of collagen in them. And mm -hmm. Collagen is a type of protein. So because it's this incredibly important structural aspect to pretty much every part of our bodies, you kind of want collagen that works properly, right? Yeah. Your bones are made of a matrix of it. And then the calcium is kind of laid over top. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. So it's, yeah. We, we need it. It's important. When we think of collagen, too, in our vein kind of world, we often think about skin and wrinkles and those types of things. Uh, for people who are maybe thinking of it a little, in a little less of a vanity way, we think about joint health because there's a lot of cartilage in our joints. And so if our joints are hurting, we have osteoarthritis, usually the cartilage is wearing away. So the collagen's not as, as healthy as it uh, could be. So collagen is all the rage, right now. So that's one of the reasons why people really love this bone broth because, well, it's full of collagen. So I'll take more collagen and that will make my wrinkles go away or it will make my joints better. <laughs> the thing is, that's not how eating works. Right? Nope. I always wonder, like, do you, do you think that if your body absorbs something it needs, it's just like, oh, I'll just skip digesting this and transport it directly to where it needs to go? Well, so here's the thing too. Collagen is a whole protein. Your body cannot absorb whole proteins. What your body does is it takes a protein and it breaks it down into either amino acids or peptides, and then it shuttles those things all around the body to wherever those particular amino acids or peptides are needed, or it turns them into something else. So every time you eat a protein, whether it is collagen, whether it's from an egg, whether it's from a bean, whatever it is, your body just disassembles it and then shoots it around and then reassembles it the way that your body wants it. Right. So, so all protein is essentially identical to your system in the end, right? They have different, um, you've got many different amino acids. Yeah, like they have slightly different amino in different... acids in the end, but as long as you're not yes. eating a diet that is completely devoid of one of them. Right. Yeah. It, more or less. It's kind of like giving somebody like an assembled Elsa Castle Lego set and they're like, cool. And they smash it. <laughs> and they're like, I have a bunch of Lego now. You know, like it doesn't matter what set you give them. Some sets will have more, you know, blue squiggly pieces and some sets will have more, you know, green long pieces. Mm -hmm. But it's all Lego to your to your body. Did, did you have a yeah. bad Christmas morning, Jim? <laughs> 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 no, the kids love their Mario Lego, let yes, me tell you. They do. That sounds awesome. How do you get squiggly Lego? Some of them oh, have lines on them. Now. Yes. This is the important takeaway, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're thinking of collagen, like collagen, raw collagen especially, is certainly not digested. But even cooked collagen, it needs to be broken down. Like, it needs to be broken down for your body to do anything with it. So just by eating collagen, it doesn't mean that then that collagen is going to go straight into the collagen in your body. That doesn't make sense, one, from digestion, but two, also, why would beef collagen automatically go straight in 
into becoming human collagen. This doesn't make sense. Like every time you eat beef thigh, does that make you like? I hadn't even considered that, that aspect follow. of it. <laughs> yeah, like, that's but, messed but up. But that's that's the theory, right? Like, so it, it just doesn't work that way. It's like Jem said. Like your body is just going to turn whatever it was into a pile of pieces and then use those pieces. Yeah, it's like the vitamin D problem all over again. People are taught that the sun will give you vitamin D. And they don't think of any of the steps in between in that process. Yeah, I think a lot of people also have misunderstood and feel like the vitamin D flows down on the sun's rays. And then <laughs> yeah. we have a lot of other explanations we got to talk about. That's true. Oh, yeah. I've, I've had that conversation too many times, I think. <laughs> yeah. We discussed it on the show. Yeah. So that's the big thing with collagen. And so you can buy powdered collagen supplements now, but of course, natural, blah, blah, blah. So people want to boil bones, whatever. Hey, if you like boiling your bones forever and you like the flavor of bone broth, go for it, right? It is a good source of collagen. However, remember how we were talking about being devoid of some of the essential amino acids? Well, collagen is devoid of an essential amino acid. So in terms of protein quality, collagen is actually a very low quality protein because it doesn't have that. It has many amino acids, but it has no tryptophan mm. in it. You know, don't go trading in all of your other protein sources just for this high protein bone broth because you're going to be deficient in tryptophan. Not even turkey bone broth? Laura was talking about uh, beef. <laughs> beef well, collagen. Well, no, collagen especially. Yeah. No, collagen in general is devoid of tryptophan. Like, it, collagen has a very specific shape and configuration, and it has no tryptophan in it. That's something to keep in mind. In terms of the research of what collagen can do for us, again, this is where, you know, you have step, 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 and this is how you get from bone broth to it's going to magically heal your gut from some imaginary disease. So or a real disease that you might have. Again, people think, okay, well, collagen is going to heal all these different things. And while we have some studies out there, we definitely don't have the evidence right now to make any real claims. The closest thing we have for joint health, for people who have osteoarthritis in the knees, I believe, we have some evidence that taking collagen supplements may be helpful with alleviating pain. But again, it's pretty limited at present. So you have to really be cautious with that. And then the question always comes back to, well, is it more so that, is it really the collagen that they took that did it? Because it's possible, it is possible that the collagen peptides somehow stimulate collagen or cartilage growth and repair. It is, it's kind of possible. There are bioactive peptides, but is it really that it is that scenario or is it just that people now have more protein so they have enough to do a little bit more actions in their body those are things that we have to look at that is one of the biggest part of things if you're looking at bone broth because of its protein because of its collagen the collagen is probably not going to do what you think it's going to do the other thing is like oh it's so nutritious it's so full of minerals in this you know it's you know it's basically a multivitamin so this is again really interesting in that independent lab analysis there are some minerals, but it's not really a lot. It's not as much as you would expect in a lot of cases. And actually, the author of this study, he did a separate test where he did a vegetable stock where he loaded with as many leafy green aromatic type veggies as he could get into that kind of stock oh, and indeed. compared the, the mineral content with it. And interestingly, the minerals in the veggie stock were far higher than in the bone broth stock. Makes sense. 
Uh, suck okay. at carnivores. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, in terms of things like, so you'd think, again, calcium is one of the ones that people talk about. Well, your bones, bones are made of calcium, but it doesn't really leach out the way that people would expect it to. There's also the potential that even if it is leaching out, it is then interacting with some of the protein or something in there. And so binding again, so it's not actually bioavailable. And then potentially if your body broke that down, you might then reabsorb it. But we really don't have an answer to that right now. Calcium is not especially soluble in water. Yeah, it, it really, it likes to bind to a lot of different things. Then explain you have have limestone. Sorry? <laughs> I said then explain limestone. Isn't well, that usually you have calcium? like, well, yeah. sure. it is calcium, but like it was in an acidic environment. Like yeah. that's the only place that calcium is going to be at all soluble, really. As soon as the acidity goes down, it starts to bind to whatever it can find, basically. Mm-hmm. So um, so could you theoretically get more calcium in your soup by putting like lemon juice in there? Most bone broths will in- involve putting at least some vinegar in to increase the acidity. Mm-hmm. But in terms of making it a very acidic thing, I mean, that's going to be a palatability thing as well. And then yeah. you also look at that could affect the protein as well, yeah, like the protein will, structure. will denature protein. I mean, like so, so will cooking. I, like that's one of the reasons that you that you do cook. It'll help break everything down. It really depends what you're doing. Like calcium loves binding to certain proteins. Uh, and that is how it is transported, for example. Um, so like it really just depends on the specific biochemistry. But just boiling calcium in water will not like get the calcium to dissolve in the water mm-hmm. is, yeah. is the point that I was trying to make. What was especially interesting that I think he did a good job of pointing out was that it's easy to believe that the calcium must be leaching into the bone broth because the bones are visibly getting smaller or thinner looking. Part of that is that the protein is coming out. And part of that is that, yes, the bones are breaking down, but into tiny pieces where the calcium is still within the bone matrix or within the hydroxyapatite matrix, that it's not coming apart from there. It's not digestible. It's just so small that you can't tell. So as he said, if anybody's made bone broth, there's always a little bit of grit at the bottom of the pot. So what he did in his last test is he took the broth and then he just took just the little bit of grit and had that analyzed as well as the broth. Mm-hmm. And the magnitude of difference between the calcium in the bone broth and the calcium in that bit of like liquid and grit was like more than like a 50 fold difference yep. with that there. Because yeah, it was all tiny, tiny fragments of bone. And that's where all your calcium and your phosphorus and uh, stuff like that is. All of this is to say, you know, if anybody's heard me talk, you know that I don't think that food is magic. I mean, I love it and I think it's wonderful and I hope that people can enjoy food the way that I enjoy food in all the aspects, but there is nothing magic about any food out there. I don't know, so, that cake you made yesterday was pretty damn good. <laughs> well, my cooking is kind of magic, but aside from that, <laughs> if you like bone broth and you like, especially if you like the process of cooking something for a really long time and that, great, Go for it. And protein-wise, sure, it could really help. And I'm thinking of somebody who really needs more protein in their diet. A rich proteiny broth like this as the base of a soup could be a great boon for them. Or even as a drink, like if it's something that they like doing. Sure, sure. But is it magical and should it replace mm-hmm. your other beverages? No. I am impressed at the protein content, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I Like that 118 grams per liter? 
that's a lot of protein there. Like that is more than your protein shake. But again, I, as someone who does not like gelatinous texture from meat-based products, I do not know if I could bring myself to consume that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never tried it because, yeah, it just doesn't appeal to me. Uh, like products sold as bone broth, I've, I'm sure, eaten something in my life with something that fits that definition in it. But yeah, the, the gooeyness will... It's the jiggliness and that it never fully, well, not never fully, but it doesn't always fully liquefy again. Yeah. Like, I, I, if it's a broth and you heat it enough, maybe it would, but just... <laughs> <laughs> so you seem really disgusted by this bone broth, but I'm sure I've seen you eat Jello, which is Jello doesn't. Is. Jello does not bother me. And this is interesting. <laughs> Jello what? gummy candies don't bother me. So, okay, where I think this started is when I was young... And I ate meat. My mom used to make these sweet and sour spare ribs that were amazing. And I miss those. They were so good. And, but she would only make them once in a while because they took forever to make, right? And they had this great sauce. But the next day, the sauce never fully liquefied again, partly because of the gelatin. And I couldn't, I couldn't get past the texture. And like the idea of like head cheese or oh, yeah, aspic... Gross. Just thinking of it turns my stomach. So it's something about the meaty, and it's the, gem. it's the savory meatiness of it, plus the jelly that grosses me out. Because I can eat jello, no problem. I feel like certain Chinese food dishes have the same issue with the sauce sometimes, where like the leftovers are never as good because the sauce is weird. Yeah. Sometimes, and like if you use cornstarch, that'll happen. Oh. Mm-hmm. Depending on the sauce, the cornstarch, that will, will definitely happen. But there's something about if it's, again, meaty. Uh, like meaty. If it's got the gelatin in there, then I like, I know my mom's not listening, but my cousin is. And I loved those. So you can pass it on. <laughs> they sound delicious. I just hate the sauce. <laughs> okay. So this will uh, be pretty, uh, pretty short, I think, because uh, I had two exams today. So didn't have a lot of time to prep. But I'm going to talk a little bit about bat soup. So hopefully the pandemic, uh, the current pandemic will soon be a memory and only a memory for most of us. I uh, currently have my my second dose of vaccine scheduled for next week, Ooh. I think, which is uh, which Congrats. is great. And th- the reason I'm I'm getting the vaccine earlier is because I have been hired to administer vaccines uh, to those who need it once more shipments start coming in. But over the last year and a bit, we have seen all sorts of conspiracy theories and uh, just misinformation spread about COVID-19 and the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And a lot of it is centered on blaming China and the people of China. I will quote uh, Republican Senator John Corrin of Texas who said in a press conference last year, China is to blame. (laughs) And uh, he blamed specifically the culture where people eat bats and snakes and dogs and things like that. Especially early on in the pandemic, there were a lot of viral videos uh, that circulated showing wet markets 
and uh, specifically people eating bats. There was a viral video showing a Chinese woman uh, that was eating a bat whole uh, with chopsticks, which was claimed to have been taken in Wuhan, uh, but uh, actually uh, did not originate in Wuhan, was actually uh, from Palau. And so there's this idea that the practice of eating bats, and specifically bat soup, was where the uh, coronavirus, the COVID-19, came from. This is not true. While experts have not settled necessarily on what animal reservoir COVID-19 originated in, there isn't really a consensus, but a large number of people do believe that it probably did come from bats. Pangolins was another early animal population that was pointed to, but it seems that they were actually infected, possibly from humans uh, or possibly from <laughs> other animal carriers. Okay. We uh, just can't leave the pangolins alone. No. <laughs> I still thought the pangolin as intermediate animal thing was current, so I'm excited to learn how I'm wrong. It's unknown. Yeah. Epidemiologists are, are still debating, uh, but the idea that it came from bats is possible. However, uh, blaming any particular cultural practice of, uh, of, of eating bats, there is no evidence to suggest that that's, that's true. Um, bat soup, bats are used to make soup in some parts of China. Not in Wuhan. Apparently, in Wuhan in particular, it is it's just uh, not, not a, a popular thing. dish. It's just not a thing there. To quote Dr. Saira Madad, um, the idea that COVID came from bat soup is absolutely not correct. <laughs> There is no evidence that that is the case and a lot of evidence that it is not. We don't currently know how it jumped to people. There are lots of possibilities. It might have been through food. One of the ways that this commonly happens is through another animal intermediary. For example, the SARS outbreak of 2002 to 2004 probably came to people via raccoon dogs. Oh. Although yeah, civets are another possible culprit. And MERS was camels, right? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, like, the whole idea that we would know that it came from bat soup is ridiculous without, like, we have no idea and no way of knowing, I think, who patient zero was. And so the idea that we could say, oh, it came from bat soup, even though we don't know who it infected first is ridiculous. You need to zoom in at the end of the, at the, end of the film with Gwyneth Paltrow shaking hand with the chef. Yeah, that's yeah. That's how you know. But yeah, barring that, you know, we're, we're not going to know for sure. It's possible, yes, but one of the things that I think people often forget is facts do not exist in a vacuum. Mm. Uh, this is not a fact. Uh, it is probably not true, but whether it is a fact or not is, is not the only fact that matters. Um, <laughs> you, you need to ask yourself why people are telling this story mm. when there are an infinite possible number of stories to tell. And this is one example of many in a, in a long line of an attempt to push, or it's being deployed politically in this way a lot. It's not to say that everybody who, who talks about this is, is necessarily engaging in this, but it is a way of othering a group of people and talking about how, how they are to blame for uh, their different way of doing things. And that's both a way of reinforcing your own superiority. We don't eat bat soup here. That's why we didn't get the virus initially. It came from those people. Those people are to blame. And the evidence that they're to blame is, you know, the weird things that they eat, you know, uh, bats and snakes and things like that. 
when in fact, like the idea that there's anything fundamentally wrong about about eating a snake or a dog is uh, something that I, I don't particularly understand. I mean, versus any other animal. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but it is just a way of sort of highlighting differences as a way of sowing division. And I can see hypothetically somebody, you know, piping in with, well, you know, uh, those animals aren't domesticated animals. And, uh, you know, that's the problem. But of course, that's nonsense too. Uh, presumably, most people remember H1N1, better known as swine flu, mm-hmm. <laughs> which jumped from pigs to humans. The fact is, like, this trope is being deployed as a way of scoring political points and othering people. And thinking about this, this whole bat soup myth, I couldn't help but think about blood libel. Um, I'm not sure if uh, if you folks are all familiar with it, but, uh, but for those listeners who weren't, blood libel, it was a, a common lie that was repeated in the Middle Ages and the Renaissance that uh, Jews would abduct Christian children and murder them and use their blood in rituals or use their blood in their, you know, to make their matzah. And it was typically used as as an excuse to go on pogroms. And, you know, the, the analogy isn't perfect here. It's not a perfect fit. Um, but it is, again, a way of othering a group of people, emphasizing the ways in which they're different from you rather than the ways in which they're similar, and using that difference uh, as a scapegoat to blame them for all manner of problems. Uh, demagogues have long intentionally stoked fear of the other and their strange ways as a means of controlling and directing the anger uh, of the broader population, when often that anger should be directed at the demagogues instead. (laughs) (laughs) You'll notice that a lot of the people who were pointing fingers at China and calling it the Chinese virus and talking about the the people who, you know, eat bats, uh, are exactly the same people who were responsible for the the bungled lack of response to the pandemic. And it's always easier to to point a finger at another than to recognize the the ways in which we are all similar and the ways in which we can pull together and help each other. Yep. Well said. Mm-hmm. According to a paper by the CDC published February 2020. Oh, that's newer than anything I could find. MERS is transmitted sporadically from dromedary camels to humans and occasionally through human-to-human contact, but little evidence suggests the possibility of transmission from camel products or asymptomatic MERS cases. There is a proportion of case patients that do not report direct contact with camels, and we don't know how they got it, but we're still studying. Thanks. Cool. Cool. Is everyone ready with their definition of a soup? Yeah. I'm so excited for is it soup? I'm very excited. All right, Laura, then, what is your definition of soup? Okay. So my definition of soup is going to be very similar to the definition of a broth in that it is a collection of ingredients that are put together in order to have the flavors meld to have and and create something new. Now, this is hard because I know there are things that are widely considered soups and I don't want to distrust things, but I'm going to have to say it generally has to be hot when it's put together. 
So I know we're going to have problems choice. with this, but I have ideas. Uh, you, you didn't mention liquid in there anyway. Yes, yeah. it needs to be liquid. Okay. Thank you. All right, Jim? Uh, so I would say that it is a liquid nutritive substance that is where at least some of the components were cooked uh, in the preparation. Yeah, uh, liquid nutritive substance where at least some components uh, were cooked. I think that it is typically savory, but uh, I don't think that that is necessarily a requirement. Okay. I'm trying to think if I need any other distinguishing uh, factors. Oh, and I would say that there has to be at least some solid components added at some point in the process that are not then entirely strained out or removed. Mm. So, so they can be blended after, but they have to have yeah. been solid at some point. Yep. Okay. I love how precise we're getting here. Uh, I want to... I, I, I was trying to head off the proposal that, that uh, a nice Earl Grey was a soup. <laughs> I want to add the savory aspect to mine. I forgot that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so yours does need to be savory. Well, no, 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 no. Like, mainly savory. Okay, okay, okay. You're just piggybacking on my hand waviness. Okay. All right, Lauren, you're up. Combined ingredients that form a liquid with nutritional value enough to sustain a person. Oh, they have to be life-sustaining. All right. You can't live on tea, but you can live on soup. Maybe not well. Some (laughs) soup. Maybe not well, but you can still live on soup. Wow, so two two people have explicitly ruled out tea as a soup. Interesting. (laughs) I I feel like a a nice chai might... uh... Yeah, I'm just thinking, but what else are you putting in your tea? Like... (laughs) Um, so I came up with mine earlier, and I'm trying not to be influenced by anyone else's definition. I thought very carefully about what liquid means. And so my definition <laughs> is, <laughs> if you put it in a vessel, it would flow to take the shape of that vessel without leaving any significant air pockets. So that is part of the so definition, the definition of, of a, a fluid. That was that's part of fluid. the definition that I came up with earlier but i so took sa- it out. S- sand is a liquid by that definition yeah so is salt and sugar <laughs> yeah yeah i'm that's fine okay don't worry about it <laughs> wait are um, you gonna say the cake batter is soup i didn't put that in there maybe i should cake <laughs> batter was not one of the options it is typically savory and it has three or more ingredients <laughs> oh okay okay that's my, my bold proclamation. So bold it needs a bowl. Sorry. <laughs> awful. Alright. So I'm I'm still gonna start at the top of my list. Is this soup? Is a bowl of water soup? No. 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 What about no nutritional value? A bowl of water with ice cubes. No. No, that's just a standard drink. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, not cooked. We had to start out with some easy ones. Oh, mm-hmm. good ice shake there. <laughs> is plain broth a soup? Yes. Well, yes, because it has multiple ingredients in it, and it was cooked and savory. Do I think it's a substantial soup? No, but 
can it be a soup? Like something like consomme yep. has always been a soup. Yeah, I would I would say that yes, it is a soup. I feel like it fails your straining test, Jim. So it was so strained. That's, that's though. what I was thinking about. Um, but you know, like I I feel like enough. Well, I don't know. Like obviously, definitions are are hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's part of the point yeah. of this exercise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the bold stance that that consomme is not a soup. Okay. Ooh, Lies on menus oh, all over Jen, the world. You are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, it's gonna get weirder. Uh, I know it is. So one of the more popular suggestions on my post is cereal a soup? No. O- only if the milk was pasteurized. <laughs> no. Because no, that makes because it cooked. They- yeah. No. No, no, no. No, no, no. No. no, no if no. you put your milk and cereal in it in a pot on the stove and heat the damn thing, then maybe it's a soup. I, I did not mandate. I did not mandate that they needed to be cooked together because yeah. you have lots of Asian You're, soups where you have your broth separate and then you just dump the noodles in at the end or something, you know, what have you, or dump the noodles in without them actually even being cooked at all. Like they just sort of... You oh, know, no. uh, get cooked I in the just soup. realized that I forgot a very important part of my definition that I've been thinking about all day. It must be something that humans generally eat. <laughs> I forgot to humans? put any sort of edible qual- like uh, oh. thing in there. So it must be edible, basically. <laughs> and not just in the technical definition of you can consume it. So it's not like like the the paint and button soup that Kira used to make right, all the yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, is a pond soup. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> okay, so cereal, we have mixed reactions. I'm going to say yes, cereal is a soup. It's no. ingredients that are edible and is a liquid. Nope. Not, no. co- not cooked together. I know not all soups have to be cooked together, but like I said, I know it when I seize it. Hashtag not all soups. <laughs> yeah, no, that like cereal and milk is just it is it is two separate things that are happen to be together like happen to be together. But part of it is like with the, the idea with the soup, even if you cook some of your things elsewhere, like the noodles that you plonk in your soup, they're going to absorb some of that flavor. And that. yeah, you've eaten cereal before, right? But you're not <laughs> like. It's not doing that to the same degree. Like you're, what do you mean? you're it is absolutely doing that to the same degree. <laughs> no, it is not. It's just making each thing worse. <laughs> okay, okay. You eat your cereal with water tomorrow, and tell me how how little the cereal absorbs the the uh, flavor. Are you talking absorbing fluid or absorbing flavor here? Milk has flavor. Like yeah, milk has flavor, but like it's it, but the the intent is not to meld the two things the intent is what to then why not eat your cereal with water <laughs> why do we eat it with milk because it tastes good <laughs> dave's tried I, his with orange juice before oh it's so gross that's how huxley had their cereal yesterday yeah i i, I we had a lot of uh, a lot of uh orange juice with uh, with cereal when i was a kid because we would we couldn't afford milk <laughs> you're growing a dave all right. So if cereal is not soup, according to most of you, what if, uh, and I, I assume you've done this as parents, this is a, is a thing that I wasn't aware of. What if you put that rice cereal, that baby rice cereal in the child's formula? No. That's gruel. It's separate from soup. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's basically a porridge. Porridge is not a soup because that's a cooked grain. 
If you can spackle a house with it, it's not soup. <laughs> why, why is porridge not soup? I'm confused. You seem to have skipped a step here. Yeah, yeah we'll get, we haven't soup. gotten there yet. <laughs> no, Oatmeal is a thickened soup. <laughs> no, it is not. Then, then rice is a really, really dry soup by that logic. Well, like if the soup dries, then it's just a sandwich, I assume. How else would you eat it? <laughs> so what's your verdict on the rice cereal, Jim? Assuming that it's, uh, I don't know, if the, has the formula been, been cooked? Do you normally that, cook that formula? The, I don't know. No, you don't cook formula. <laughs> no, you don't cook formula. You warm you it, though, formula. usually, right? Yeah, sure. You don't have to. Dep- it, it should depends. be body but it's usually, temperature, but... but it's usually just like warm to body temperature. It's, it's not hot. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. so some... I would say in that case, probably not. Okay. Uh, so let's just skip right to it. How about oatmeal? Is oatmeal a soup? I think it will. No. I think no. it will conform to a bowl. So I'm going to go with oatmeal as a soup. I'm yep. going with my spackle exception. So yeah, but the, yeah, no, no. Oatmeal is just a cooked grain. Oatmeal absorbs a lot of water and has gelatinous, uh, not gelatinous. Uh, it has a lot of fiber in it that causes it to glue together. But it all depends on the type of oatmeal too, because your steel cut oats are not going to be the same quote unquote soup texture <laughs> that your instant oats will be. <laughs> like it, it also depends, you know, how you like your oats and whether you're adding, uh, you know, like I like a, a, a little bit of soy milk on top and some cinnamon and, you know, walnuts and like that. But like how liquidy is it when you're eating it? Yeah. So if you um, put enough liquid in it yeah. that it will fill the bowl without leaving any air gaps, it is a soup. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, no. you know, like so, some people no. when they cook their no. oatmeal, like it just, no. it just stays pretty laura and i are recording on the same track so i don't know how intelligible any of this could be. <laughs> i'll just keep saying no <laughs> this is what you have but to you, remember you know how, when like, we're trying to do mic tests you have to get this yeah. energy i was trying yeah, I, I i turned her uh, her gain up but i'm gonna have to turn it back down i think <laughs> uh you know how sometimes when you when you're at like a, a hotel and They've got the the scrambled eggs out in the uh, in the warmer tray, and you open it up, and it's like these eggs were cooked like maybe maybe two thirds of the of the way there. You know, like that would be a soup. No, some people like their oatmeal what? that way too. Undercooked eggs are definitely not a soup. <laughs> you know, I'm not even I'm not even sure that overcooked eggs aren't a soup. What? What? Jam, is your brain broken from studying? <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely is conforming to the shape of the container it's in. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh my God, Jim. This one should be uncontroversial, but we'll find out. Is Campbell's chicken noodle soup soup? Uh, you're talking the powdered the powdered shit? No, like in a can. <laughs> oh, okay. I, th- I thought. Oh, yeah. oh, I was thinking Lipton's. Excuse yeah. me. Lipton's is a powder. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Why? Yeah. Why would this one be? controversial yeah. I, I was not sure i'm just saying i didn't think yeah. this one oh, was yeah. going to be controversial but you never know with you people <laughs> <laughs> you people yeah you people <laughs> yeah i went there okay so <laughs> if we're all agreeing that that's a soup what's next i feel like lauren is not giving me this just in case they're waiting for the other shoe to right <laughs> is chicken noodle soup from a mug still soup yes yes yeah. yeah. That's why I did not say bowl in my definition, mm-hmm. even though I've been thinking about that today. There were many questions about this, so I just I wanted to include it for all the folks who helped me out today. If you drink it from a mug, still soup. That's our verdict, I think. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As long as it conforms to the shape of the container, the container itself doesn't matter. You could drink it from a glass with a straw if you wanted to. I agree. Yeah. Okay, so, so I, th- I think we're getting dangerously close to Sir Thomas Lipton's dry powdered soup still being a soup if you don't add water to it, but go on. <laughs> but what if you snort it? Oh, God. <laughs> Just doing a, a line of Lipton's chicken noodle? No. <laughs> yep. So salty. That would hurt so much. Oh. <laughs> So someone had an interesting philosophical question that I just wanted to throw in here because it's it, it's really on brand for us. How many things can we change about Campbell's chicken noodle soup before it is no longer soup? Uh, if you run it through a strainer, I would say it's no longer soup. Really? No, because you we, have the broth thing. I'm I'm still on broth as a soup, and you said broth as a soup. Too. Yeah, I agree. It, like like it is definitely uh, like a, an edge case I'm specifically trying to avoid because I'm trying to see if I can find a way to make tea not a soup. <laughs> this, is, this is the philosophical like Wait, exercise I've. Set are you myself. saying that tea is a soup? No, he's trying no, to make sure I'm, that I'm tea does not. To avoid saying that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I might I might be forced to concede the point. Uh, I feel like if we take away all the broth and you only serve the stuff that you strain out, then it's not a soup for sure. I agree. Yeah, like if it's just noodles and water, that is noodles and water. That does not make it a soup. No, noodles and no liquid. Oh, like just noodles? Yeah, like you just you just strain all the veggies and whatnot out of there. And If you strain the soup and yeah. you present the, the, the mug and the, oh, and the yeah. little bowl Oh, separately. yeah, then it's absolutely just noodles. Yeah. I don't know how else... Uh, we could go through every element of the soup, but that's uh, going to take too if long. You, if you dehydrated it, for example. Yeah, then um, it would no longer be soup. Even if you still had everything but the water, it would yeah. still no longer be soup. It would, no, because it would no longer be soup in its present form, but it could, like the powdered stuff, be turned into soup. Mm-hmm. Now, if you cooled it all the way down and it were stone-cold soup, would it still be soup? Yep. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. What, but if you had never heated it up... In it's the first place. But the, like... It comes from the factory having been soup cooked. Ingredients. Yeah. It, it, what if you put all the chicken noodle ingredients into a bowl, but they, they, were, they were all pre-cooked separately and then just assembled? Yeah, what I'm fine with that being a soup. I think it doesn't fit know. Laura's definition, though. I'm thinking when we went to Singapore and in the food courts, they have these soup stands where they have this magical broth and you choose like eight different things and they just like plonk it all in, in a big strainer basket and dunk it in the soup for a, like dunk it in the broth for like a minute. And then they put that in and they pour more broth over and there's your giant bowl of soup. So like the broth was obviously cooked separately, but like they did put it in for a couple of minutes and it is supposed to sit there. Yeah. That's still, that's still a soup to me, but I, but I think like, I don't know, like, it's, well, okay, I guess the big, the defining thing is going to be the liquid part of it. Because if broth is a complete soup, then, like, there are multiple components that go into that broth to make the flavor of that kind of thing and everything else. So I could say that, yes, it is, like, if the broth was done separately and you put that in a bowl with cooked chicken and cooked noodles and cooked vegetables, I would concede that is a soup. But if you put just all of the broth ingredients, not cooked, like if you cooked garlic separately and onions separately and hot water and stuff, but it didn't all like meld together and you just presented it all in a bowl, then I'd say you're trying for soup, but you have failed. So, but how long does it have to sit there until it becomes soup? Well, it would have to be continuously heated. Well, but but what if it were? 
But no, at no, no, what no, point in the soup making process now. does the soup arrive? <laughs> you're, no, no, well, Jim, no, 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 you just changed something. You said, give me a the bowl soup of all begin this. begin at conception, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we're doing this to our listeners. Okay, so we have sorry. so much to go through still. Uh, stew. Is stew a soup? Yes. How oh, thick does it have to be yes. before it becomes not soup? Does uh, the it point, still conform to the bowl, or does it the, stand the, up by itself? The point at which it stops being a fluid. Yeah, for sure. So if you no, so if no, you no. superheat it to a to a oh. plasma, presumably it would still be soup. <laughs> <laughs> but don't eat that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Plasma is still fluid, folks. Here's one that I was very surprised. Some people said was not soup. Is ramen soup? Yeah, sure. If Wait, like li- if there's liquid in the bowl, if you're just yeah. making the noodles and you strain out the noodles, like how we have ramen noodles then no, it's not soup. Then it's just noodles. Yeah. But if you yes. have it with the soup in the bowl like Dave does, then it's soup. I agree. Yes. So it's not good soup, The but argument soup. was, if you eat the stuff out of the soup, but then don't drink all the broth, then it's not soup. Does what? that make sense to anyone? That doesn't no. make sense to no. me. It's, no. It's no. Soup. It is presented as soup. What you do with it at that yeah. point I agree. That's just as absurd as somebody saying, like, it wasn't a sandwich because I just ate ate the bread from the top down and <laughs> left the last piece of bread. Yeah. Or equally absurd as somebody saying, uh, just because I didn't finish the milk at the bottom of my cereal bowl, therefore it wasn't soup. Of course it was soup. It was not No, soup. do not fry that one in. That was cereal. No, no, no. I was waiting for it. I was also waiting for your whole, the double down is a perfect sandwich. <laughs> Yeah, I still believe the double down is a sandwich. I believe believe one side of the double down is a sandwich. The double down is a sandwich sandwich. Oh my god. Anyway, this is soup cast, not sandwich cast. And no gem. Cereal's not a soup. And yeah, if you eat, it it doesn't matter if you eat every bit of the soup, it was still served as a soup. Uh, I, I would like to actually amend my previous definition because there's, once again, something I just forgot to mention. Uh, it has to be meant to be eaten on its own, thus making like Bernays sauce and cranberry mm. sauce and oh, tricky. Yeah, not you a. Those are sauces, avoided one of though, the, like, the pitfalls, yeah. right? But okay, okay. No. <laughs> no, I think that's a good definition. Okay, what if you it's, are? <laughs> Otherwise, it's you know only second degree soup. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what if you go into your cafeteria at work and there's a very popular soup, and you take the ladle. And you go all the way to them to the bottom and you take all the good stuff and you put it in your bowl. Mm-hmm. And then you eat that and nobody else gets any meatballs because you've stolen them all. Is what you're eating still soup if you have to eat it with a fork? Was it cooked in liquid? And okay, there's going to be some residual liquid in that. Yeah. Because you're not going to get, a, even if you get as many meatballs as could fit in your ladle, you're still going to get some liquid. And it was intended to be eaten as a soup and it was cooked in said thing, in said liquid. And even if you only eat the meatballs and leave all the liquid, it is still a very hearty soup. Intention matters. Intention matters, but intention is not magic, Laura. I just, I find it interesting that this is essentially the same as, like, what if you just eat the noodles out of the ramen? (laughs) See, so, like, I think Laura's argument is dangerously close to saying a a particularly sloppy meatball sub is a soup. No, what? they're entirely different. It's intention. Like, it was intended like, to be soup by those who Poutine it. is a soup. A traditional no, French soup. No, it's not. We just... No, no, no. French no, potato soup. No, no, you're... No, 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 no. No, no. You All are... All French soups need that cheese somehow in them. We're close to buffalo this... levels here. <laughs> 
Jim Newman. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, so here's how a meatball sub would be a soup, okay? I can I can see how you turn it in. You take a vat of tomato sauce, you cook your meatballs either beforehand or anyway, you let them simmer in the tomato sauce, you take a bowl of that, and you put your bun on top as the crouton. Now you have meat made meatball sub soup. Yeah. Was, but, sounds but, pretty good. But you served it in a bowl, and you cooked the meatballs in there. You didn't just top it with marinara. It wasn't intended to okay. be eaten with your hands. Meatball like, soup in a bread bowl. Soup and a sandwich? Stop jumping around my list. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Back on track. Is a bowl of vegetables soup? No. No. How many <laughs> drops of broth do you need to add to make it soup? Yeah. Those vegetables were freshly washed. <laughs> they were in towels. No, no. This is turning into uh, a zen no. cone. <laughs> no, uh, no, because they're you know they're like uh, they're not cooked. Are they cooked? Yeah, the co- the vegetables oh, are cooked. Sure. Oh, co- okay. Sorry, I was just imagining like yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, a bunch of like um, raw peppers in oh, an okay, instant sorry. in a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, uh, so you can- cooked vegetables in a bowl, like steamed vegetables. Cooked vegetables in a bowl. No. So, so what I would say is, hmm, like. It's really, it's just a judgment call. And I, I would say the height of the liquid in your bowl needs to be uh, at least 50% of the height of, of the pile of the remainder. But that's, you know, that's just, you know, a rough, a rough guess. Okay. Like, okay, so they're cooked. Were they cooked together? Sure. They were this all again. in the same steamer basket. Okay. So the thing is, with the steaming method, it is moist heat, but it is not submerging, and it is not intended to meld flavors. So no, it is not a soup. Now, now, if you took the same vegetables, and you boiled them together, and you boiled them long enough, and you added salt so that some of their flavorings and that came out... Now you've made a terrible soup. Sure, but like the bowl of vegetables is just there and you agree that it's not a soup. How much broth do you need to add to that bowl to make it a soup? Because the broth would have been cooked together. Okay, so you're just like pouring ladlefuls of broth over your vegetables. Yeah, Jim's... Jim's uh, definition sounds sounds fine. I think you. I I don't know that it needs to be fifty percent, but I'd say at least one third. <laughs> I'm not saying like fifty percent volumetrically. I'm just saying like when it's in the container, like the 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 level of liquid has to be at least fifty percent as high as the. You know, you need some substantial amount of liquid. Here's where the intent comes in. Are you intending these vegetables to be soup? Or are you just steaming or cooking them badly? <laughs> I think we can safely move yeah. on. Yes. Okay, uh, so those Lipton soup packets, I uh, forgot that was actually on this list further down. Is Lipton chicken noodle soup in the packet soup? Like dry in the packet? Define it how you wish. Okay, dry, no, reconstituted, yeah, yes. I agree. Yes, so long as you have added enough liquid to it, no matter how concentrated it is, that it is it is liquid. All right, Here, here's it's another one that was very controversial, that I did not expect to be controversial. Is chili a soup? Yeah. Yes. Chili is basically a stew. Wait, didn't you say stew wasn't a soup? No, I, no, I agreed it is. Okay, we okay, all, okay. We were all in agreement that chili and, well, excuse me, that stew was soup. Yeah, I okay. think it will fill a bowl yeah. with no reasonable air spaces, so it's soup. And stew also generally has a long cooking time as well to it. It is a thickened soup. I would say that all stews are soup, but not all soups are stews. Yes, I will agree with that. Gazpacho. 
Yes. <sighs> yep. No. <laughs> okay. Well, why not? Because it's cold? Well, so this is one of those things where I know it is a soup in many ways, but because you forced me into giving a definition and now I have to stick to it to be internally consistent, <laughs> gazpacho is a savory vegetable soup. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a, I would say it's an open-faced soup. <laughs> what does that even mean? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Because gazpacho is not only cold, but it is raw. So it is a smoothie. Is gazpacho raw? It is. I was looking it up earlier because I was like, oh, how am I going to, can I define a soup that includes gazpacho? And gazpacho mm. is generally raw. Oh, um, then I, I make mine with roasted red peppers, so I make I, I don't know that all of wrong, the but... ingredients have to be raw, but it is certainly not cooked together, and many of the vegetables are often raw. So it's not just that it's cold, but that it is raw. And so for that reason, while... Don't get me wrong, like, I think in the world of things, I will call it a soup and that, but based on my own thing that I have to stick to, no. It's a cold press soup. Oh, it's a, well, it's a, it's a savory it's smoothie. A right. <laughs> Laura has defined herself out of calling gazpacho a soup. Okay. I thought that many of the ingredients were actually cooked. What is it? Like cucumbers is the primary? I think tomatoes, too. It depends. There's different... Well, tomatoes, tomatoes got introduced in the 18th or 19th century, and before that, it had, like... A variety of different cool vegetables. It's usually like like green watery vegetables. That yeah, was the impression I had. Okay, um, yeah, if, I would say if it's not cooked, then no, okay. not a soup. And Lauren is still oh, yes. Gazpacho also has bread in it usually. Oh, okay, that would be like a thickener. Yeah. Okay, so Old sandwich. Bread. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> Jack maybe I make a different gazpacho than the rest of you do. <laughs> it's always possible. I use roasted red peppers and mostly just vegetables. I've never put bread in it. Well, I'm sure that that sounds good, but um, in Andalusia, most gazpacho includes stale bread, tomato, cucumbers, onions, capsicum, garlic, olive oil, wine vinegar, water, and salt. Okay. Yeah, it sounds pretty good, honestly, but... Several people wanted to know, is bisque a soup? Yes. Yes. I would say certainly. Yeah, why, why Well, not? yeah, that, that's very much a type of soup, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, all right, how about curry? That's a good question. Intent. I think if there is enough sauce that the container is filled uniformly, it is a soup. It's usually served on a, n not in a bowl, though. And there aren't a lot of soups that are typically eaten with the hands. I think it fits into Jem's sauce definition. Yeah. How a Bernays is not a soup. Yeah, because it is, yeah, it's always got like an, uh, an accompaniment, usually and some sort of carbs. Keep in mind, too, well, it's not just that, but when you think of how it is often described, it is often described as gravies. Like, it's not, yeah. so if you look at a lot of, like, Indian food, rest, like, Indian restaurants, they'll describe it as a gravy. Um, That's true. Like, cheese in a gravy or meat in a gravy. So it is, it is a sauce. Like, it is food simmered in that, but it's never in, again, intention, Lauren, it's unless it is curry soup, which is, and is if you thing. look at a, yeah. it is a thing, yeah. But it's if you look thing. at places or cultures that serve those types of things, you will notice a distinct texture difference between them as sure. well. Like a curry is thicker and like that, whereas a curry soup is is much more brothy. Yes, I think a curry falls into a sauce category, not a soup. Yeah, I think I agree. All right. 
Uh, what about mushroom gravy then? If we're talking about gravies, sauce, sauce, definitely sauce, sauce. Yeah, I am required by my definition to make this a soup because <laughs> I did not think of the very good exception for things that are supposed to be eaten on their own. <laughs> I have no sauce exception in my definition, but I agree that it is good, so I'm now going to adopt it. Now that I have admitted that I was wrong. I'll just have a steaming bowl of mushroom gravy to make me feel better tonight. Yeah. So on the same note, sausage gravy. Any gravy uh, was is suggested. Is, yeah. Gravy, yeah. sauces, not soups. All right. Sausage uh, gravy is particularly upsetting too because of the gelatinous texture that it always oh, ends up Oh yeah. With. I tried, it's one of Dave's favorite foods and I cool. tried to make it for him and I just couldn't handle it because it like, it solidifies so fast it's, it's so just gross. like this this gray oof. yeah, yeah the good. color of sausage gravy Ugh. anyway uh so what about something like a corn chowder yes chowder yeah. is soup sure yep yep again it's one of the subcategories of soups exactly do you folks know the abomination that some people make uh which is like macaroni and hamburger and tomato hamburger in many soup in, no, in many places in the States, they call this goulash, even though it has no what? association Africa? with the actual dish goulash. <laughs> yeah, look it up later. It's it's a thing. Uh, usually macaroni, like a tomato sauce. What what else do they call this? There's uh, other words for it, but that's the one that I've heard the most often. Is a concoction of macaroni, hamburger, and tomato sauce soup. No, I'd say it's a casserole. Yeah, I was going to say, like... <laughs> Again, if you have sufficient tomato sauce that everything else is, like, cooking within it, I suppose you could call it a soup, but you have done something terribly wrong in your life to be eating that. It is, it is very similar to chili, to be fair. It's like chili with noodles. Oh, okay, okay. More, more liquid like so, that, really. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, you know, I could call that a soup. Oh. I was picturing something more of a hamburger helper texture. Oh, okay. I was I was not picturing hamburger helper, but I was thinking something else. I don't know. Like that's a really tough one because the fluid volume, you could take those same ingredients, but it's going to depend on the fluid volume for things. Mm-hmm. I think. I've heard that one called a hamburger soup, and in that way I can't deny it. It's soupness, but <laughs> I still stand against it just purely on principle (laughs) (laughs) morally it's not a soup all right what about a salad with dressing on it no no it doesn't conform to the shape of the container and you can eat salad on a plate and it's cold i thought about salad earlier you didn't cook it in the dressing like potato salad on the other hand you didn't cook it in the dressing (laughs) <laughs> I didn't think to include potato salad. Are you saying potato salad is a soup, Jim? I, I think potato salad is a soup. <laughs> okay, you contrary so you it is not. <laughs> it's disgusting. How is potato salad a soup? It, I guess I, I would know, you've never seen my dad's bowl, potato mostly. salad. <laughs> well, we've Gross. already determined that just something being in liquid does not make it a soup. Right, but you know the potatoes are all cooked. It's not, not strange. in the mayonnaise. I never, I never said it had to be cooked in the same... Yeah, that was your thing, Laura. Yeah, well, so you're just wrong. So. <laughs> I don't like... I don't know, it's maybe we can rewind the, the name, tape. Therefore I don't it's think. Not anyway. Okay, oh, how, come on. What about ranch dressing on its own? Again, no, it's no. not meant to be as a condiment. condiment. Yeah, it gets yeah. the condiment. doesn't matter if you're using it on a salad or a hose. Okay, is a bouillon cube soup? If it is 
not reconstituted, no. If it is, con- if it has water added, yes. Only if you put it down on a damp counter. Oh, Sham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say not soup, Lauren. It's potential soup. It potential. is not soup. <laughs> All right. So the bouillon does not begin at conception. <laughs> <laughs> no, so process. if bouillon cubes are potential soup, what about that bouillon paste? Same like deal. It's, potential it's soup. much more liquidy. <laughs> potential soup. I cannot just eat that on its own, and I cannot eat that without any sort of manipulation and reconstitution, so no. Oh, no. <laughs> I, was th- I was thinking about the level of concentration we're talking about. And I think that technically, you know how when you're in the frozen foods aisle and no, your kids I don't ask for being juice, in a grocery store. Uh, but you know you don't want to shell out for the really nice expensive juice that's not from concentrate, and you you reach into the freezer and you pull out one of those tubes. It's okay. not soup, Gem. I, I it's not the cans. soup. I no. think it. I think one of those cans is a can of soup, especially <laughs> if you get the extra pulp. Intent. No. Intent. No. Yeah. It is not intended to be soup. You're not putting orange juice in a bowl and drinking it with a spoon. Well, maybe your kid is. I don't know. But I'm not. I don't know. Frozen, semi, semi-frozen semi orange juice concentrate eaten with a spoon is actually pretty good. Yeah, but I'm not. It's not this a stuff soup. stuff has usually, usually been it pasteurized, a right? Sweet treat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If anything, that's a popsicle. <laughs> Hey, somebody did ask about popsicles. Is it frozen soup? (laughs) No. It's mostly been strained. It depends if you keep the the, the stick in or not. The stick, yeah. The bones of the popsicle. Oh my god. Speaking of sweet treats, is a root beer float a soup? No. No. It's a drink. Yeah, like, like, it's not even close. Like, now you're just naming different liquids. Like, Like... no, Gem, it's not a soup. I mean, honestly, if we hadn't added the savory thing, a lot of them That's fit our definition. just a guideline. You know, I do hate rules. <laughs> I know, I know. I feel like you're just... Now you're just doing it for the principle of, like, doing weird things. All right, I will serve you also... I will serve you your orange concentrate soup then for supper tomorrow you night. You wouldn't do that. It's not nutritionally balanced. <laughs> I don't care when it means I get to make Gem suffer. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Some things are worth it. <laughs> all right. Here's an easy one. How about French onion soup? When it comes like all covered in cheese and croutons yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a soup. 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 Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so is chicken pot pie a soup? No. Why? What makes it different than French onion soup? Chicken pot pie is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Depends. Does it have a bottom crust or is it just a top crust? Yep. We discussed this on Sandwich Cast. We did. <laughs> Uh, what did we say? Did we say? I'm, I'm pretty sure I said no. It's not a sandwich. <laughs> uh, I, I think I, I think I said the bread needed to be cooked uh, cooked separately. Yeah, it's, um, it's the casserole exception. Yeah, yeah. So chicken pot pie, the liquid in the pot pie is a sauce. It is not a soup. Oh, okay. Like I feel like this is very close mm. to like just a traditional soup anyway. So I'm very willing to call it a soup. Okay, so, but the fact that it's also baked within the pie shell changes the nature of things, I think. Does because it? this, Yeah, because that comes <laughs> down to intent as well. Um, if it was intended to be eaten in its free-flowing form, you could have, like, a really thick 
saucy chicken veggie soup, but you put it in the formed pie shell for a reason. Therefore, it is no longer soup. Yeah, it's the same as like pumpkin puree. It can either be soup or pumpkin pie. (laughs) Or pumpkin pancakes. Mm, Those are good. (laughs) Uh, Well then, is soup in a bread bowl still soup? Yes. Yes. Yes, That's just a, a serving vessel. As we've already determined, it it's is both not a, soup a sandwich. And a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I just want to remind you, Jem, you were very insistent that it was a sandwich in Sandwich Cast. It's even in the description of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's Schrodinger soup. Okay, it is so not it's both a, a soup and a sandwich. Okay, it is a soup. Yeah. It is not a sandwich. Jem, I, I agree with you. I, I think that uh, <laughs> I think that a chicken pot pie is a pierogi. <laughs> Also not a sandwich. Pierogies are dumplings. <laughs> Different than that. Pies are their own thing. Neither of them are soup. Uh, okay. Uh, a bowl of tzatziki gets axed for being a condiment. <laughs> yes. Uh, what about SpaghettiOs? No, I think SpaghettiOs are definitely a soup. Yeah. <laughs> I've always of... felt that way. <laughs> like, that's hard because this, this is one of those things where intention... Lauren, I don't think the intention is for it to actually be right. Quote, it's unquote, supposed to soup, be a sauce, but, just like the curry or whatever. Right? It's so- sauce. Sauce. Like, I way- do think that spaghettios are are actually more a sauce than anything. So, <laughs> like, that's 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 just ketchup you're eating right there. <laughs> but like, yeah, I think this is one of those things that I'm almost gonna have to say soup because even though I know the intention is not soup. God, what else would it be if it's soup? <laughs> if it's not soup? Yeah, the soup. sauce is too thin and too ew to be a sauce on a... It's a soup. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, and the sauce to solid ratio is off, yeah. which makes it tough. So if you had way more SpaghettiOs and it was more of like a, a baked, like a canned baked beans consistency then no that would not be a soup well it can't baked beans are a soup so You're baked beans is literally the next thing on the list so let's no, just baked go beans are, no baked beans <laughs> are beans in a sauce yeah that, that, it's the same sauce. sort of thing as a like as a curry not, not, yeah. not the way my mother used to make them well your parents are wrong Jim. i do not know what was like, going on like culinarily in your was childhood. never more clear the, 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 the fundamental demarcation problem at the heart of modern existence than when Claire would make baked beans. <laughs> like, I think you'd probably have to cook these for another three hours before they qualified as anything that's not a soup. <laughs> they are they're good, not though. a soup. No matter how much, how Claire cooked them, they are not a soup. Yeah, I'm on team soup for this one, too. Uh, so how about a fruit cup? No. No. Yes, of course. What? Well, those things are, they're, they're canned, right? Yes, I know yeah, they're canned. So they're that definitely cooked together. Definitely, definitely a soup. Intent. It's a preserve. It's a yeah. No, that's not a... Well, that's, what, like, that's why you cook anything, Laura. So does that make jam a soup? No, because it's not meant to be eaten on its own. <laughs> Score. <laughs> okay, uh, yogurt but, with toppings. No. I want to state for the record mm. that the only good use of like those fruit cups is to have them over ice cream. So I consider them a topping. <laughs> I, see, I was kind of thinking that kind of thing too. And lots of people don't drink the liquid in them either. So in that case, so then you're, that's more akin to 
canned not baked beans where the liquid is part of the preservation and whatnot but it's not always part of the the actual eating i'm gonna say well, a fruit yogurt parfait that. is uh is definitely a soup no yeah okay no yeah no jim no what the same reason same reason cereal is a soup but okay, it's not we'll so i'm okay with that it's not <laughs> so lauren yeah. you're on team not yogurt not yogurt so not- how much do you have to cook the yogurt before it becomes soup because yogurt soup is actually like a big thing in several cultures yeah but it's a cold soup again so we're talking savory smoothie yeah but it, but but if it is cooked and then cooled yeah like and the, Again, the yogurt that I'm intent. talking about, like this, this yeah, is all in, this yes, is all pasteurized. Yes. So for me, it doesn't and I matter. think some of them are oh even God. not cooled. I think some of them are warm. Yeah. So like, but again, you just call it yogurt soup. This was a bowl of yogurt with berries on it. That is not a soup. So okay. what, what Ashlyn is saying: to what temperature do you need to raise it before it becomes it's, a but soup? But it's not just about the raising. It's not the matter that it was cold necessarily. It was the it was it was the putting it all to it was. Like you're what, just combining two different soup. Oh, Let's yes. say it was made by a replicator, so <laughs> there is no intent. It was no. assembled molecule by molecule. Yeah, but who put that idea into the replicator's head? You have no way <laughs> of knowing. Doesn't have, matter. There was intent. I'm a replicator solipsist. <laughs> okay, move on. There is no okay, okay. Before we get divorced, please. <laughs> uh, melted ice cream. No. Getting closer, one episode at a time. <laughs> what if it has toppings on it? No, no, intense. No, sorry. What? What was that? Melted ice cream. Melted I knew ice this cream. one would be in there. And no, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, is is salsa a soup? No, no. no. It's a condiment category. Okay, exactly. what what is the difference between salsa and gazpacho then? Not a lot, and I already it's said it's not a soup. <laughs> okay. Okay. Also, also, salsa is cooked. Unless you're doing like salsa fresca, but a lot of salsa is cooked <laughs> and then cooled. I would say salsa fresca. And so like, that makes sal- it salsa less is soup? literally sauce. <laughs> that's the wor- <laughs> that's what the word is. Yes, it gets off on the uh, the condiment exception. Yeah. Okay, uh, Dave just walked by and went oh, like he's just grinning and shaking his head. <laughs> he's at very it. excited to listen to this episode. Are <laughs> uh, are mashed potatoes a soup? <laughs> no. It's <laughs> a blended soup. No, intent, no. and you can form them into other shapes. Think of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Okay, you cannot not mashed make a potatoes, but soup. whipped potatoes. Whipped potatoes are a soup. Are you happy? No, no, no. intent. They are not meant as a soup. Uh, so mashed potatoes not a soup. I believe we came to that conclusion. What about like potato soup that uses mashed potatoes to make up most of it and then just dilutes it? Is the intent a soup? And are you starting with those soup bases, or did you the just intent forget is a soup. to drain your potatoes? Like, these are different things. The intent is to get a soup out of the mashed potatoes. I think mashed potatoes, depending on how runny they are, can qualify as a soup. Okay. So, yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, so, yes, my favorite comment of the whole thing was under, are mashed potatoes a soup? Uh, this question makes me uncomfy. I would please like for mashed potatoes to not be a soup. <laughs> Well, you got your wish, gentle listener. When the cognitive dissonance starts kicking in. Yeah. Uh, oh, goodness. Okay, back to the list. You are going to post this, uh, the link to this show after it's... Oh, yeah, I'm going to post the- it in the comments and be like, I yeah. talked about all of you. I love you. Uh, okay, uh, mashed potatoes. We did that one. Uh, is an 
I feel like I know the answer to this one. Is a smoothie bowl a soup? Intent. No. No. No, it's a smoothie. It's just served in a different vessel. Also, for the record, I hate smoothie bowls. I didn't realize smoothie bowls were a thing. Um, Oh, really? They're so pretty. That's the main draw. Oh, like my food isn't usually pretty. If it's uh, if it's if it's warmed, you know, like if it's one of those smoothies that you make where you tip, where you pull the fruit out of the freezer and then you you heat it up too much and it gets too hot in the uh, in the blender. In the, yeah, you, you know. No. Then then, right. then yeah yeah, but probably so not. if warmed yes got it no 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 <laughs> no is chocolate fondue a soup. No, it's a sauce. We went over this. Is coffee a soup? Mm. No. Because, no. again, the definition of... It's only two ingredients. Yeah, it actually fails my three-ingredient test. So. It, it, it fails the, that test. You no, can't live what off if, it What alone. if it's a bean blend? Well, no. That's the next one. <laughs> uh, no, but they're also not nutritive. Yeah, I, I would say that the coffee is strained, so no. You're straining out all the all the stuff. If uh, now, so that would mean that a uh, that one of those Starbucks Via packets would constitute a soup. I no, think. no, no, <laughs> or no, pre soup. Not nutritive. <laughs> yeah, it's a beverage. It is not nutritive. Nope. Okay, yeah, so no sugar. I'm sure it's nutritive. I would want it. As Jem knew was coming, is a vanilla soy latte a three bean soup? No, <laughs> intent. <laughs> <laughs> they are heated together. There's more than three ingredients. It qualifies as a soup. I think it's. No. I think it's probably. You probably don't have any of these solids left. I think the solids have been removed rather than simply pulverized. So I would. I would say probably not. Okay. But you could make it so. What about uh, hot chocolate, where the ingredients were say cocoa and sugar and milk? No, it's a beverage. Yeah. So beverages can't be soups. Uh, no, I think hot chocolate is a soup. Not tea, but hot chocolate. Can't the get around that one. is to be a beverage and to be enjoyed as such and not as a soup. It's intent soup isn't magic, okay? Lauren. Come on. <laughs> I know, but we do have to I would, vo- I would vote, I vote to convict. <laughs> My God, Jen. Your lack is... of sleep is showing. <laughs> That's the best part. Is spaghetti a soup? No. no. I love how Laura's just like, the people in your group are ridiculous. Tell them to go home. They're tired. Um, <laughs> how much hmm. sauce might it take to make spaghetti yeah. a soup? Okay, okay. We already talked about this. What if okay? you're one of those people who like boils the sauce, the spaghetti in the sauce? Nobody does that, Jim. Because but, it wouldn't work. But somebody could. No, they couldn't because it wouldn't work. You're, You'd have to turn it into tomato soup that really, first. Laura, that really sounds like a challenge. Okay, enjoy right. it. Enjoy. <laughs> We've come to the part where Jem was trying to avoid. Uh, is iced tea a soup? No. No. Beverage. It fails the three-ingredient test as long as it's only tea and sugar and water. Uh, a lot of the teas that you drink have a lot of ingredients, actually. Oh, they sure do. <laughs> Hundreds. Uh, I would say... It becomes a soup at the point where you uh, where you forget to latch the tea ball securely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, that was the the next one. No. Is loose leaf tea a soup? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no. I would I would say loose leaf tea. No, is, you does can't live on it, Jem. Uh, like you can't really live on consomme either. Eh, consomme is not a soup though. So <laughs> <laughs> wait, okay. wait, wait. So you're saying wait. that tea. 
loose leaf tea is a soup because you can't live on it. That's what no, you just no, said. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is it is a soup despite the fact that you can't live on it. No, it is not a soup. I, I, di- okay. I had no How? such nutritive Opinions requirement. Opinions differ. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Lauren, what was your ruling on tea? Still no? Because no. intent? Intent. Right. It is a beverage. Bubble we- tea with the tapioca pearls. No, smoothie. Beverage. Smoothie, yeah. Um, beverage. It's not heated. It's not heated. It's not even steeped together. It the is tapioca just, pearls like, are, are cooked, aren't they, though? Like, there's yeah, heat involved there? But they're yeah. not cooked in it, and they're not meant to, like, impart... They're, and, and that is really not imparting flavor, either. Like, it's it's just two things combined. Just combining multiple things in a bowl does not make it, it a It makes soup. them a salad. <laughs> <laughs> Bubble tea is a salad. It's gotta be one Next of the other. salad there, cast. There are, there are only three types of food. Yep. <laughs> Soup, yep. salad, and breadsticks that you turn into a sandwich. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay. Um... Is mud a soup? No. no. No! It has to be edible. Like, is... Uh, and I know you're going to be mad at me, Laura, but there's some cocktails coming up, which are also drinks, so I know your opinion. Um, <laughs> is a Bloody Mary a soup? No. Uh, no. No. Really, Jem? Why not? Because, you, well, if you throw it in the microwave, it would be. No. Okay. Well, okay. So, it depends where you're getting the tomato juice, but it's got to yeah. be cooked. That's the thing. It's okay. got to be cooked. So... If the tomato juice has been cooked in some way, it yeah. is. Well, the soup. tomato juice that you buy is usually pasteurized. Okay, sure. Then, yeah, that's a soup. Okay. It's not a uh, soup. A martini with like four olives in it. No. No. I'm not even going to start. I'm going to stop turning my mic on for these. <laughs> okay, how about, how about sangria? No. No. So that's many just ingredients. a good time in a bottle. It's, it's yeah. interesting. Like, you, you have to consider what exactly constitutes cooking. <laughs> I'm gonna say no. Okay, like but do you feel like the alcohol might be cooking the fruit? No, no. I like. I was just like, like whether fermentation could constitute oh, cooking. Yeah. Like, but it's, it's not similar, certainly it's a, a preservation purpose. But I'm gonna say no. All right. Um, cheese sauce gets nixed because it's a condiment. Uh, a but hot what about- toddy? On the other hand, hot toddy <laughs> is probably a soup. No. Oh okay. my god. Oh, gem. <laughs> So we nix the cheese sauce, but what about mac and cheese? No. No. I feel like most of the like baked mac and cheeses I've had have too many air pockets to be a soup. I can't believe that you would ever consider them a soup. Who considers this a soup? And you're making your mac and cheese wrong. Like, I mean, craft will fill any vessel. But I'm it's thinking still, like a it good is, mac and cheese. Yeah, I, I, I still, like, yeah, I... No, that that no. It is a sauce covered noodle. Yeah, I, I, it's I would say it's, it's only it's only a noodle if you fail to properly drain the pot. A soup. You mean? <laughs> it's only a soup if you fail to properly drain the pot. Yeah. If you make it like my ex husband's grandmother did, where she would just mix the cheese sauce. Oh in God. The water. Oh. 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 She was not a good cook. <laughs> oh yuck! Yes. <laughs> We're going to the weird place now, but we're almost done. Oh my god. Is the human body a soup? No. 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 No, Jem, no. No. Move on before he can answer, please. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, we're mostly liquid. No. There's all sorts cooked. of stuff 
I you mean, know, the cooks, you, you can cook, cook a lot of things. This person's fever. No, I would say I would say generally no. Okay. If anything, is, we're a casserole. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is no, I, I don't know when you think the, depends on when you think about the way the digestive tract really works. We're more <laughs> cannelloni. <laughs> But don't eat the filling, it's gross. Oh no. Jem, you need to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> We're almost on, done. Please. Okay. Uh, like an animal cell, the, a, the cell of no. a creature, is that no. a soup? No, 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 no. Mama mia, are we mama just mia. a billion billion soups? <laughs> no, no we are not. Oh my we god. We are not a soup buffet. Move on. <laughs> No. Yeah, I, I would say no, and I not not, not cooked, not not cooked okay, enough. Okay, not cooked. By far, the most popular comment was, "Is a person in a bath a soup?" No. No. <laughs> no. Intent. You are not eating your hot tub water or your bath water, and I don't care how many cam girls sell their bath water. Nobody is fucking drinking it, and they're not oh. purposely getting into it to drink it. And even if they were, it would then be a beverage. <laughs> okay. What if there was a rosemary bath bomb involved? No, no. because that would hurt you. That's not culinary. Oh, no. There are definitely rosemary scented bath bombs out there. Yeah, but bath bombs are also not edible. So if yeah. a soup is served in a forest and nobody is there to eat it. How did it get there? And don't touch that soup. Like, Okay. So what about several people in a no. hot tub? No, no, no. It's just an SCA event. <laughs> um, no. No. Presumably those people are going to be strained out at some point. They're not <laughs> cooking, though. Like, it's, no. Oh, no. Oh, Don't it's... eat it. Yeah. Don't eat it. Got why, it. Why would you even consider putting that near your mouth? <laughs> okay. How about a fish tank? No. <laughs> Are you boiling your fish in the fish tank? Yeah, I, I would say you One could turn a fish not. tank into a soup just by putting it on the stove, but until that point. Well, like, if you have a saltwater fish tank and you boil it, it's seasoned salty soup. Oh, Laura, that's so dark. <laughs> hey, you're the one who was just talking about man soup. <laughs> yeah, <Yep. exactly. laughs> Some people are into that, apparently. Yeah, that's disgusting. Okay, I'm just what about <laughs> what about the ocean? Is the ocean a soup? No, no, no. it's not a soup. You can't. No. What it's about just, right near a no, volcanic? No, 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 vent? no. But no, no. The ocean is a pickle. <laughs> what? <laughs> Only if you get a sea cucumber. The ocean <laughs> contains pickles. Yeah. yeah, it's a jar of pickle. No, it's yeah, not. Right. No. No, okay. it's not. So for all you ones that you dismissed because they weren't cooked, is the molten lava inside a volcano a soup? No! It's molten rock! It's melted rock! No! Oh, no, only, it's not a soup! Only if Tommy Lee Jones is in it. You're... Jem! Oh my god! All right, the final one. Uh, unless I've missed any that Laura came up with. No. Is the earth the bread bowl of Oh my the soup? god. Oh my god. I hate these questions so much. <laughs> what in the so Katamari Dam and say bullshit is this? <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Like I was hoping at least one person would say the ocean was soup. 
No. So then I could ask if the earth was the bread bowl. <laughs> no. No, it is not because it's not made of bread. And it's not soup. It- oh, my. But it's called the crust. <laughs> that was Tommy Lee Jones in Volcano, right? I don't know. Yes. I think Ashlyn also needs to go to bed. And if ever I hear <laughs> the notion that the the earth is a giant spherical bread bowl of soup, I might hurt somebody. She didn't say spherical. Could oh be my. a flat bread bowl. Oh my God. I made a dead poet society joke to my classmates today and just got, just got blank stares. <laughs> oh, captain, my captain. Oh, you're so I'm old. S- I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> that movie came out before every single one of them was born. <laughs> By like a decade. Not a decade. Some oh. of them. Yeah, I guess some of them. <laughs> At least one of them was born in like 98. <laughs> Uh, so let's do our something nices. If uh, maybe that will calm Laura's rage uh, at me specifically, <laughs> I'll go first. My something nice was this recording. I've been really looking forward to it, and the debate was as entertaining as I expected, and I'm very pleased. This was very nice, Jem. I know you have a, a video game you tagged me in. Yeah, so I have uh, I have two things that I'd like to mention. The, uh, the first was Extremely Okay Games. I think that's the name of the studio now. They've changed their name. Uh, but uh, the, the folks who made Celeste, uh, which was uh, just a completely lovely, wonderful platformer from a few years ago, released a, like a semi-sequel to the game called Celeste Classic 2, Lonnie's Trek, uh, just a few days ago. Uh, it's a... A relatively short platformer that you can play in your browser. It's, uh, you know, like the original Celeste, kind of like uh, Super Meat Boy. It's one of those hardcore platformers. Very fun. I just had, uh, you know, a delightful afternoon playing it. Uh, I got all the way through, got all the got all the strawberries and like that. So that's a lot of fun and it's free. Um, and, uh, and if you haven't played the original Celeste or the original original Celeste, give those a shot too. They're, they're lovely, just... Completely wonderful, have lots of assist modes for people who are not, like, really into the, the hardcore, hard hard platformers. But just super fun, lovely story, wonderful music, made by a, a great team that all seem to be lovely people uh, as well. And so uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention was, as some folks who follow BreadTube YouTube creators are probably aware, um, the creator of PhilosophyTube... Uh, recently came out as trans just a, a couple days ago. And so her most recent video called Identity is just completely, uh, completely lovely. I've been supporting Abby on Patreon for uh, years now, and her videos are great. And I highly recommend giving that one a watch and any of her past videos a watch too. Saw lots of celebrating in my Facebook feed. I have no idea who she is until the other day, but yay! Yeah, um, I like. I've been watching her videos for a long time, and I've really enjoyed them. As she talked about specifically in her most recent video, I did see her as like a um, a really wonderful example of the way, because you know she presented very masculine before 
publicly transitioning. And uh, I saw her as a, a wonderful example of like positive, supportive masculinity that could, you know, talk about important things. And like, so that that's complex. And she talks about that in in her uh, her most recent video. Uh, so I recommend checking that out. And she also obviously uh, talks a good deal, uh, you know, being from the UK, she talks a good deal about the, the state of feminist discourse and the prominence that TERFs have in that discourse in the UK in particular. Uh, so yeah, give the video a look and subscribe to the channel and like that. Thanks, Jim. Mm -hmm. Over to you, Lauren. I got nothing. We all still remain healthy and everything is good that way. Yeah, I don't remember where we were in the COVID fun times last time we recorded, but uh, household had COVID. Lauren and I didn't get it. Now we're all good. Yay. That's great. Yeah, I think when we recorded last, uh, Dave was quarantining and you two were were so far so good, but <laughs> yeah, Dave recovered house, okay, though? Yeah. yeah, his lungs still hurt, but hmm. he's as good as he's going to get, he says. <laughs> Here's one good thing is I left the house today for the first time in what, like three weeks? And the car started. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Gotta go for a car ride. Woo! All right, Laura, you're up. Um, I don't have any big things. My something nice, it's not really helpful for anybody else, but I've started a university class. And so I've been busy reading a textbook for that, which is interesting. It is Women in Science and Technology, which is oh, cool. which is kind of fun. Is that the course? That's the name of the textbook, but that's okay. the name of the course is very similar to that. I don't remember the exact <laughs> distinction. So I've been busy with that. But I discovered a new type of marmalade that is delicious. Oh, yeah. Lemon <laughs> marmalade, which is really, really quite tasty. So I've is made a, a couple. No, because marmalade is not... It is a topping. It is not intended to be eaten on its own gem. <laughs> could be, though. It could be. But yes, so I've been making some lemon marmalade recently. And my something nice has been I've been enjoying the milder weather and forcing the kids to go skating with me outside. Yeah, two days in a row we've gone skating. Forcing now. them. Well, poor children. See, the youngest one doesn't love skating, but they'll try. And Kira is hard to get out of the house, but then once we're on the ice, it's lots of fun. So it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, that's everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. This was really lovely. It, it was. was. What are we talking about next month, Laura? So next month, I thought it would be really fun, or maybe not fun, but interesting to talk about the self-help industry. And what that entails, maybe where it got started, and all the bits that go along with it. So I'm looking forward to hearing what we all research for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I'll see you then. Have a great night, everybody. Thank Good you. Night. Good night. Life, the Universe, and Everything Else is produced by Jem Newman and Ashlyn Noble, with mix and tech production by Jem Newman. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is with a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, or by sharing an episode with a friend. Original music is produced by Ian James, and this episode was edited by Lauren Bailey.
Life. Don't talk to me about life. The world is is terrible. So pepper does definitely does not belong in spray, but it does belong in soup, and maybe even in your bone broth. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, I saw a post in I think the same group that I mentioned earlier, uh, where someone had posted a recipe of their grandmother's, um, and one of the comments was just like, "Does that say mace?" And <laughs> everybody was like. Yeah, it's a spice. Somebody said, I was just picturing you taking your pepper spray and just like giving it a good squirt into the dough. <laughs> no, it's the outside of the nutmeg for anybody who doesn't know. And it's it's very similar to nutmeg. It's good. That's, oh, that person is precious. That's adorable. <laughs> it's on the list of Christmas spices. Danger See, cookies. <laughs> See, what I was imagining is somebody with the weapon, the a mace, yeah. and dipping yep. that in some kind of a soup or a broth Smash. or something, or, or yeah, like kneading your dough with a mace or something. Tenderize it. Yeah, they, it it sure would. Okay, 